we'll begin. Daf Laman Aleph. Uh, with halacha vav. This is going to go a little quicker because these are halachas that you're familiar with from the Gemara. Okay, that was a long time. That took us 36 minutes to do that blot, but that was absolutely necessary. As you saw, it was a complicated blot. This Gemara, we're going to go, we're going to fly through. Okay, here we're going to talk about how much, how much karka do you have to own actually to become chayv and payer to begin with? Does it have to be a big field, a little field, a really pinchy winchy field? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have different days here. Karka has to be a quarter cob of seed, which he says on the bottom is an amount of an amount which is 104 uh, roughly square amas. So that's how much that seed will cover. It's just a that's a fair amount of space. Ten and a half by ten and a half. So let's say that would be, uh, let's say it's two feet. Let's go. Let's go two feet. Lakula for the time being. First, so that would be twenty feet by twenty feet. Not the biggest plot of land, but whatever. Then Rabbi Yeshua Aimer Boisus Hasayim is even smaller, as long as it yields two saw of produce. We don't look at the how much the 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 the, the size of the land, but you look at the at how much the yield is. Six by six, back to the space. That the shear is the amount, you know, when you go and you grab a, grab a handle, handful, take your sickle and go, Phew! you do that once, do it again, Phew! that's two times. That's how much you have to have. So you'll have the first one, you'll knock it with your sickle, and then you'll leave the rest for payout. So is that less than six by six? Yes. This is the smallest. It seems to be going from largest to smaller. We'll assume that. And the Mishnah says halacha kedvarv, even though the Mishnah says halacha kedvarv, like we've said earlier in the Masechta, ain't done in halacha mitach hamishnayis. You don't done halachas. And in fact, the Rambam does not paskin like Rabbi Shua ben Levi. He actually paskins on Rabbi Kiva, who's in the next Mishnah. And Rabbi Kiva, just to jump ahead to the next Mishnah, says karka kol It's at the bottom of the page if you want to look. That all you need is a kosher enough to grow one stalk is enough to be high and pay it, which we'll see soon how that how that works. Now let's just look at the reasons for each one of these uh, tanoim. My time of the how does he know? It says sodcha sodcha. There's exerushav to climb, just like by climb sodcha means base rova means a quarter of a cob. So Afkam Besrova, so here too, it means a quarter of a cob. How do you know by claim it's a quarter of a cob? Take a look in the, the footnotes and you'll see. I'm not going to get into it now. What does Rabbi Yeshua say? His halacha never can sodcha, and then halon vishachakta oimer basada by shifcha. It says you will forget your sheaf in the field. So field sada sada, ma sada never halon sosayim. That just like sada there means to saw. So to a produce afkan sasayim. So how do you know? How do you know that you need two saw by by shikha? It says over here it's unclear. In the footnote and footnote thirteen of the brackets, he says it's unclear. What is the source of the teaching that two saw produce are considered a field regarding shikha? And so I'm just going to leave this open. We don't know. We don't know the answer to that. But I'll call upon him. The Gemara seems to learn that there's a xayir shop. Finally, it says, my time with Rabtafen. Why does Rabtafen say his halacha? Shisha, al shisha, mearuga. That's the size of a garden patch. 
That's how long that we say that when you have a, a garden patch which is six by six, you can plant five different species in the garden. When we learn Klyam, we'll see all those complex pictures and squares of how you can set up five different species in such a square. Just like reaping is the way that the people. I'm sorry, this is a question. What type of reaping is it? It doesn't mean the way they normally do it, or is even with a kosher or any amount whatsoever. My answers. There's a pasuk in Tehillim, I think. Let's see here. This is footnote um, 17. Psalms 129.7. The psalmist is cursing the wicked, declaring that they should be like a crop that withers before the harvest to the extent that the harvester cannot fill his palm with it, or the binder with his apron. So this is like, uh, that, that, that's basically, so it's a pasuk that, that, that talks about mole capo, so therefore, it means a, it means a handful, not a mushroom. Um, <clears throat> I could have just proved it simply because otherwise, what would be the difference between Rabbi Yeshua ben Masera and Rabbi Kiva if it meant a mushroom? That's basically what Rabbi Kiva says. So the Mishnah Ma'ita Halacha Zayin. Rabbi Kiva, I'm a kaka koshu. That when you have kaka koshu, what's the rule? It's chayavus mepeya. Uba bikorim, you're chayavim bikorim as well. We'll talk about all these halachas in a second. Prosbol, as you know, is the Takanas Hillel to begin to get out of having to lose your loans on the Shemitah year by writing a prosbol. Why is Kark, why is Karka prominent in that halacha? So they're different. There's a shiloh exactly why it makes a difference. Simplest thing to say is like this: that because normally a loan normally requires some security on the part of the borrower and I wouldn't lend you money if you didn't have any security and therefore for you not to have any kark at all would make such a loan a so therefore you need to have kark kosher to have first that's a simple trap the rule is um, if you have the chasen which don't have a price what's that anything is not karka and even talpon is called the chasen because why? Because if you borrow money from me and I have a lien on your property, that does not include the movable items. Why? Because if you sell your movable item, there's no way for the buyer to know that there was a loan that has a lien on a movable item. It doesn't have a coal. So my shank can buy a karka and has a coal, so I know not to buy that karka. Therefore, that's called the Hasam Shane Machrayas. And the nickname Bikesam Star Hazaka that means the nickname with the king in Agav, right? The rule is that in order to be kona metatlin, normally you have to do mashicha. But if you're buying them agav karka, then you do the kinyan on the karka with shtar chazaka, and you automatically kind of the metatlin and agav, right? This is the famous Mishnah that the, the Gemara in Kedushan, when it asks the question, does kinyan agav require that the metatlin be on the karka or not? And the Gemara says, of course, you see from here we're talking about karka kosherhu. What could karka kosherhu possibly have on it? The Gemara asked the question. So you see, you don't need to have it on the karka by King Naga. It's like the Gemara, what? Remember the Gemara's answer? One condition? Huh? Anybody remember the answer? Come on, man. You want to see Shiva. 
It could be talking about we have a pin stuck in, the, in this kakakoshu, and on top of the pin, there's a nice diamond. So that's what you're kind of, that's all right. Okay, let's think about it. Now we're on Laman Aleph Ahmed base, moving right along. Now we're still in the Mishnah. It's uh, uh, Only it says it's Mishnah Zion. I guess that's because of the Mishnayas. Ahmed Aleph Ahmed base, 31b. Now we're talking about the halachas of Shemira. Remember the rule. Because we want a whole parakin, a lot of parakin bumbabas, right? The rule is that if a person is on his deathbed and he says, I want to give away things, so we say, if if he's giving away because he thinks he's dying, so then it's and your kona, the thing without even making a kingin. And if he survives and he, re- and he recovers, you lose, you lose it. You got to give it back because he only gave it away because he thought he was dying. How do you know whether he's doing it because he's dying or not because he's dying? So there's two ways. Either he could say, right? He could say, I'm giving this away because I think I'm, I think this is the end. He could say it. Or there's another way to know. And, and, and that if he doesn't leave over anything for himself, right? If he gives away all his possessions, then we know it's because he's dying, because a person would never give away everything and not leave uh, something of left over for himself to have Parnosa from. So that's a right that we know he's giving away his death. So that's what it says over here. A person writes away his Nechasim as a Shemirah. If he leaves over even a little bit of Karka, this means his Matana will be Kayim. He did a Kisiva, and therefore, it's a valid Kenyan, let's say. And therefore, the, whoever he wrote it to, he's Kona. And even if he recovers, because he left over Karaka Koshrohu for himself, so therefore we know it wasn't Machmas Misa, and therefore the Ksiva is a Kenyan, a bona fide Kenyan, and it works, right? Now, how much prognostic can you get from Karaka Koshrohu? So some Rishonim say that Ladavka Koshrohu doesn't mean Koshrohu, it means enough Karaka that could feed enough of his family, himself and his family. So even though it says kosher, other Rishonim disagree, it's a machlekes. Okay. Lo shayar kaka kosher, ain't matanah sekeamas, then it won't be a good matanah, because then we know it was only machmas misa. We're talking about where he survives, right? Ha-kaisim nochasav levon avokasav le'ishten kaka kosher If a person is giving out all his nochasim to his children, and his wife is standing by, and he gives her kaka kosher Really, her ksuba is Masayim Zuz, right? So Masayim Zuz has a shibit of Masayim Zuz on the karka, worth Masayim Zuz. That's not a koshu, that's a much larger amount of karka. But if she goes ahead and I give her the, the, the karka koshu, and she's quiet, and she's maskim, so then if the ksubasa, so it shows that she has lost, when I, when I, you have to be careful here. When I say she lost her ksuba, it doesn't mean she was Michael the Masayim Zuz. That's not correct. She was never Michael anything. All she was Michael was the shibud of her ksuba on the rest of the property. She can no longer collect from the rest of the property. She has, but if, but if, let's suppose he somehow comes in to, to a, a Yerusha, a property later on, then she can collect from that other property. Okay, but that's important to understand here. Ibdok uh, subasa. I, I never knew this until I learned this today. Ibdok means she lost her opportunity to collect 
That doesn't mean she was Michael the sheep. Rabbi Yaisiyomer in Kibla Allah, if she accepted upon herself the Matona, Afalpi Shalakosav law, even though he didn't write it in a star, law is the star. So, in other words, we started the, this Mishnah with Hakaisim Nochasav, he's writing a star. That's what law is referring to. Afalpi Shalakosav law, he didn't write the star. Another thing I never knew prior to today, I always thought law was to her, the wife. I never can understand what he's talking about. Cost of law means the star. If the ksubasage, he doesn't have to have a ksiva. All she has to do is have a, a verbal agreement that she's masking to this divina. Okay, the Gemara says, after quotes from Akiva and Kosh Kosho, Rabbi Ibn Bishem Rishim, the Makish boy, Haga'as Makosho, Hayisham, Shibola Sachas. Let's see over here. So, what do you think about it? He says, Haga'as Makosho, this way he translates it. Think about it. A piece of land had room for a single ear of corn. So actually, before he cuts it, and there's no key of payah. After you cut it, and there's nothing left. So what kind of business is this? What's Rabbi Kiva talking about? This is Rishami. He's always very practical. You're telling me conquer culture who is high and payah, but it doesn't make any sense. You can only grow one stalk. So my answer is the answer. There's one stalk, but had five ears growing on it. So you can go ahead and cut off a few of the ears for yourself, and what's left over on the stalk is going to be paya. So on one stalk, you can have multiple, uh, two dim. So the Gemara says, didn't we not state that standing grain of any amount whatsoever is subject to payah. One second. Um, um, in other words, this question is okay. This this question is based on this. This this is. Um, I just want to remind us of the following. The the Gemara, near, the Gemara here remembers the halacha that we said earlier, that when I sell a tree, that the that the lokeach has to be mafresh payah from the tree, right? Does the lokeach own any of the karka? Doesn't own any of the karka. So you see, it's possible to have a fee of payah without owning any ground whatsoever. So the basis of this question is, why are we talking about ground? Karka koshahu is high from peya. Peya is not high, is not totally in ground. Peya is totally in what grows. That's his question. Bless not I'm in koma koshi if I ask peya. You have baskets on your porch, you grow grain, you have to give peya. You have to give peya. Oh, you're, you're talking about a different thing. It's not even on the ground. Not it's growing in the air or something. Flower pot. No, flower, flower pot. Flower pot. You have to. Get, if you had an otsushena nokov, we'd be high up to get payah. Right. Yeah, that, that, from here, it sounds like you would. Yeah. Um, so he's saying. So so why did the Mishnah mention land when the law is that a person must leave payah from his standing grain, even if he does not own the land beneath <clears> it, since even if he owns no land. He may still be obligated. It should not have stated land of any size. It should have said standing grain of any amount. That's that's the kasha of the Gemara. Although we give the ton of Bikurim. So the Gemara says, no, this is just because by Bikurim it said land, so therefore 
Over here it also said land. Okay? So the characters is this kaka here. But you're right, it's not totally that. Tony, now we have a brysa. The hore ayon. Now this, as we said many times in the beginning of the Masekta, what's re ayon mean? Re ayon means you have to show your face in base of Mikdash during the Shalash Regolim. Now, the Gemara, this brysa is basically saying that in order to be chayav in re ayon, you have to own land. If you don't own land, you're not chayav in re'iyah. Now, the fact, the footnotes, it says that the fact that this brysa is, was, let, it was left out of the Mishnah, the Mishnah does not say the re'ayon, that it's a machlokas, that the Mish, our Mishnah taka holds yuchayv and re'iyah even if you don't own land. And this brysa holds that you do have to own land. And that'll explain why I think I'd say the Rama does not quote the, the, the requirement to own land. I think it says it over there. Um, yeah, the bottom of footnote 19, it says that the Rambam, Melos Chagiga, holds that the halacha does not follow this view. He understands that Yochanan has explained the Raisa. However, the Mishnah did not include the appearance of the temple in the list. This agrees with the Raisa. Even if you don't own land, you have to come. So, uh, there's another explanation other places. But anyway, this is, this is very interesting, whether this Raisa is Cholik on the Mishnah or not. That's what that's what comes out from that price. Okay? Now on 31b4, Ramona Boy, Lomo Lainon Amrin, Mishain Loikaka Patman Avidoi. There's there's a din of Vidoi, as we said, on the fourth year of the Shemitah, on the seventh year of the Shemitah in Pesach, you come and you say Avidoi in Biata Karishman Abayas. So over there you say Eswadomashanasat a little. So why wasn't that also included? Mishael Lekaka should say Patman Avidoy. Why isn't that also in the Mishnah? So he answered that You're right. We have a Shmuel like that as well. And he quotes it. Mishael Lekaka Patman Avidoy. That that's Taka going to be Potter. And We'll read the last line, but it's really a hakdama to the next page. So we'll, we'll leave it for tomorrow. So tomorrow night, Hashem, my, my son-in-law, Nachum Zambra, will be giving the shir. Ad Khan, Lamed Aleph, Lamed Beis. And we'll give Lamed Beis, Lamed Aleph, tomorrow, my guest speaker.